Welcome to PRN's Progressive Radio News Hour. My guest, I'm Steve Lindman. My guest is John Cozy. How about this for a program topic? I'll let you think about it for a moment before we begin discussing. But today we will talk about Milty, the Despots, and the Chilean Miracle. Now, how about that for a topic to discuss with everything going on in the world, the world going up in flames, America and Russia about to go to, about, about to have a nuclear war with each other, and we're going to talk about Milty. John, let's talk about Milty. <laughs> Milty? <laughs> I told you by email when yep. I saw your article, this is the article that you wrote, I told you by email that uh, the first thought that came to my mind was Milton Berle. And uh, back when I was in college, uh, my uh, summer of my junior year, I was a waiter up in the Catskills, and uh, I waited on Milton Berle. Uh, I must say my remembrance of him was that he wasn't a particularly good tipper, and his uh, offstage persona was the exact opposite of the way he was when he was performing. In other words, a clown when he was performing, and absolutely stone-faced, sitting there in the dining room uh, at, the, at his table with, I guess, family, whoever was with him. Anyway, we went, we're going to talk about a different Milty. Well, we're still talking about comics. Still talking about comics, indeed. And much more serious than the kind you get on TV. Yeah. You know, I've been concerned for a long time about how prominent people, people who have gotten supposedly degrees, higher degrees in education, etc., who don't seem to know anything that's different from the conventional claptrap that their forefathers learned in college, uh, you know, 60 years ago or 100 years ago or whatever, uh, and, 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 and how it is that, that these people get to be... Uh, uh, renowned, and I say to myself, you know, what's this all about? Uh, you know, how does that happen? And uh, you know, it was a mystery to me because I myself, you know, am a product of that educational system, and I was part of it for a long time which made me wonder about that old maxim, too uh, soon old and too late smart. I like way too late smart for me. Uh, but uh, it occurred to me that colleges and universities and cultures in general are not about educating people. There's no real attempt to educate anyone in an American university. Oh, a person can get educated there, but it's only if he takes his education in his own hands and, and does, you know, uh, plans his own courses and and, and uh, the professor he's going to study with, et cetera, et cetera. You just can't go by the regular curricula. Uh, if you do, well, uh, you're 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 not going to learn anything. John, I absolutely agree with you, and I feel that uh, the best thing I got out of uh, college and graduate school 
was, uh, I would say, the ability to learn. But the learning that I did, I had to do on my own. And I agree with you. Uh, you know, they teach you how to be good citizens, even back uh, when you and I were back in, in school. Uh, for me, uh, 1940s, 1950s college and grad school, a different era than we're living through now. But uh, but the same thing. I, I don't remember anything negative about being said about U.S. policies. And uh, they were pretty horrific then. Uh, as As better as the 50s were... From what is going on now, my God, I look back at that at that decade, that decade alone, John, and we had uh, the Korean War, uh, we had the terrible racism in America, homophobia. I remember all of that. Uh, the notion of civil rights really was non-existent, and uh, we had Eisenhower president through most of the decade, and I'd certainly take Eisenhower over to Obama or, or a George Bush, but Eisenhower was no saint. I mean, he had he he he, he inherited. Truman's Korean War, but it took him a while to get out of it. And of course, the war never really ended. It just ended with a very uneasy armistice. And there's still a state of war, incredibly, from from around 1955, maybe 53, I guess it was, 53, 54. Gonna have to check those dates. But an uneasy armistice remaining when when the shooting stopped in the Korean War. And uh, and it remains the same way to this day. We're literally uh, uh, fighting could break out all over again all these decades later with a country that only wants normalization but washington won't give it to them yeah i mean but yeah 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 nothing nothing's changed in that respect i mean the second world war uh never ended really uh when the second world war when when treaties were signed at the end of the second world war uh the, the the war machine simply created the United Nations, uh, which was planned to be controlled by the victors in Second World War. Uh, it's just that uh, the victors changed their ways and uh, uh, they, they 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 split uh, along ideological lines. But the war has been going on ever since, uh, and 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 uh, you know. Uh, I begin to wonder wonder why uh, nothing changes, why people remain stupid, uh, why it is that uh, an educated man is as dumb as his great grandfather was. Uh, it, it it just it just you know makes a mockery of the idea that uh, that, that the human race is a progressive uh, uh, species. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, uh, I was reading about the Chilean uh, miracle, which was an attempt by uh, a despotic uh, ruler uh, uh, in cahoots with uh, an American, a major American economist, to uh, create an economy that was supposed to. Uh, be the uh, uh, road to nirvana, and of course uh, they did it in in very brutal ways. Uh, thousands of people were killed, thousands disappeared. Uh, the free market was instituted almost universally in every aspect of uh, Chilean life, 
uh, and it didn't work. And right now, uh, the president of Chile has noticed, and the Chileans have noticed, that uh, in, uh, wealth disparity, the, the rich have gotten extremely rich, and the poor have gotten extremely poor. Distribution is as it is in our country. Uh, equitable just distribution is non-existent, as it is in our country and every capitalist country. Uh, so, uh, you know, I began to think about that and uh, came up with this paper. Paper um, uh, it, 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 I began to question, you know, why it is that people like Milton Friedman and Paul Krugman and uh, even other, even non-economists like Billy Graham, are, are rather in our society uh, considered to be well great men of, of some sort or another. And uh, I began to to realize that that what our our society teaches in its universities is simply. Uh, the, the, the myth that this society was founded on. Uh, you don't have... You, you, Milton Friedman uh, got to be a famous man by talking a great deal about what, what, what has always been in the United States as conventional wisdom. He never had an original thought in his life. Uh, when he was asked by... Pinochet, uh, what to do about the Chilean economy. He came up with a conventional free market suggestion. You know, that's all. He never thought about it. Uh, just rolled off the top of his head like water off a duck's back. Uh, and and, and he, he, even Paul Krugman referred to him as a, you know, as a great man and a great economist. There's nothing great about people like that who, who never think for themselves and, and who uh, constantly uh, uh, mouth uh, conventional things that have been said over and over and over again for generations. There's nothing, that, nothing great about them, nothing, nothing unique about them. There, there, there are thousands of people who said the same things that, that Milton Friedman said, except he did it more publicly than others, and and, and they and he got the credit for it. Uh, it it's 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 just that kind of thing that is that 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 happens. It's the what I call you know uh, the human race not being rational. The human race is creedal. It 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 bases everything it does on beliefs, and. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got a faith in, in, in notions that have no, no foundation whatsoever that is reliable. And, John, uh, I, th I think Milton Friedman was well compensated for oh, saying the was. things that, uh, that, uh, that, that uh, corporate interests wanted to hear. So he became a big hero. He became an economics Nobel laureate. You know, the people who, who, who advocate uh, a populist economics, uh, they don't get Nobel Prizes. But the ones who uh, advocate exploitive economics, benefiting the rich at the expense of everybody else, like Milton Friedman, uh, they're the ones who 
to win the prizes, uh, he uh, was one of the guys who uh, uh, was responsible for, I guess, coining, I don't know who coined the phrase, but the phrase, the Chicago Boys, University of Chicago Economics, and he was one of the mainstays of the of the Chicago School. I think he was there before I arrived in Chicago, John, uh, which uh, for me it was in, uh, in 1969 I came. I'd have to check. He left Chicago and went to Stanford, and I don't I don't know the years, but I could I could look them up very easily. But I think he left before I arrived, which I think about that for a moment is really kind of, kind of good. <laughs> Not to have you know, to been around when he was. In a way, he's still there. I mean, uh, the last I heard, Chicago was thinking about building a building, put his name on it, putting uh, his name on uh, it. Uh, terrible. You know, well, he's here in spirit if he isn't here in body. Uh, yeah, John. And, 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 and what's worse is that the community of Chicago economists are all Friedmanites. I mean, not they're not 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 one of them is a bit different. But of That's course, exactly they don't. Right. They don't. They don't have the cachet that uh, Friedman has. I mean, no, no, nobody at Chicago has the notoriety or fame or whatever you want to call it that Friedman had. But uh, but uh, you know, they're the same thing. But and and I ask myself, how could it be? You know that these people in academia, supposedly teachers and thinkers, are 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 are, are just mouthpieces for old stuff. You know, it, it it amazes me, and 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 I I came to the conclusion that it's you know it's a religious like uh, belief behind it all. Uh, uh, you know, we have faith. They've got faith in the market. I, you know, I don't know what, what, why they have that faith in the market, but then again, I don't know why Christians have faith in God either. So, you know, I mean, I, they, they have faith, and Billy Graham has this faith, and uh, these economists have these faiths, and uh, in America, political scientists have a, a faith in American-style democracy, which isn't a democracy at all, uh, you know, and... Uh, you know, we have a faith that war, in war even, and and uh, uh, Americans who are completely anti-intellectual seem to profess a faith that science will solve our problems. People who, 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 who don't know anything about science and reject what scientists tell them about things like uh, uh, measles and immunizations and... Uh, and 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 uh, 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 climate change and all. Nevertheless, believe that science is going to solve their problems. I mean, it's 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 absurd to the point of of uh, of, of of disaster. And, well, we can and, see we can see the way the U.S. system plays out, John. You could call it a uh, free market. You can call it anything you want, but but it plays out in the form of uh, of corporate dominance, uh, oligopolies and monopolies, uh, crushing small business, exploiting ordinary people, wars that never end, just segue either either long ones that keep on going, and Afghanistan is is the classic example of that, where it will keep on going. John, you and I could be on here ten years from now. 
and I would predict the Afghan war will still be ongoing. And of course, you've got other wars that come, and, and, and they sort of end in one respect, but go on in others, like Libya, that, uh, at, that was fought in 2011, U.S.-led NATO war. Well, you know, U.S.-led NATO went to the sidelines, I guess, but the war goes on because the conflict in Libya rages every single day. We know a little bit about what's going on. I say we. Ordinary people know a little bit about what's going on in Iraq, only the fact that we're bombing again. We're bombing again, and anybody paying attention probably realizes, I don't know how many, but a small percentage realize that U.S. forces back in Iraq again. Uh, not, not, a, not, not, a, not a handful, not, not a few hundred, but maybe 5,000 back. And the word is that more are being sent. So, I don't know, maybe 5,000 will become 10,000, will become 20,000 U.S. troops on the ground, Iraq War Three, Obama-Syria War, and the big one, the big one, ratcheting things up, using Ukraine as a pretext to go to war with Russia. Well, My goodness. That's why I said when, when you know, people have, have this faith in war. I mean, you got a problem to solve? Well, go to war. Kill, you know, kill your way to a solution. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about that and, 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 and what you say about, you know, the, the economy working in favor of big business is part of the paper. I pointed out that in, a, you know, uh, in, in a recession as, or depression as we're having, you know, when stimulus is needed, uh, the, the private sector, which has all the money in the world to provide stimulus, they could simply hire people and raise wages, never does it. They never do anything to, to, to address a human problem. They expect the government to do it. I mean, if it's done at all, if, if they approve of doing it at all. Uh, but the private sector... Uh, I put in the paper. You know, Jefferson was right. The private the merchants have no uh, have no country, uh, and, and I pointed out that not only do they have no country, they've got no humanity. I mean, uh, you know, uh, and and, and uh, I I tied this into the biblical quotation that uh, uh, he, he, man can't serve two masters, and one of the the the, the master that human beings is. American human beings, at least, or Western human beings, are serving as mammon, and uh, you know uh, that's that's what 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 our our fundamental belief is. Uh, and I pointed out that uh, you know it's proven by what goes on at Christmas time. I said that uh, Jesus has been uh, removed from uh, his manger and replaced by a dwarf in a Santa Claus suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no, know, I mean that's all it is. You celebrate the birth of Christ, who's who's supposed to be, you know, uh, the God you believe in, with a, an orgy of commerce. Yeah, and that's not that's that's not that's not what you know any 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 Bible reader would 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 conclude about what Jesus uh, advocated. He didn't advocate anything like that, but we have, uh, you know, in America, that's what Christianity has become. And, uh, you know, I ended the piece by saying that faith, no matter what kind of faith, faith in God, faith in market, faith in war, faith in political system, you know, faith in anything at all, 
is nothing but a mask worn to disguise ignorance. And, 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 and that's, what, that, that's exactly what's going on in the world today with human beings. I mean, the Muslims uh, that, that are killing uh, people have a faith that, boy, there's a strong faith that they, they, they believe in. You know, regardless of the consequences or any evidence that might go against it, they believe it. And we have a strong faith exactly the same way, but, you know, have, it advocates different actions. So what do we do? We kill Muslims and Muslims kill us. I mean, I mean, I mean that, that's, that's all there is to it. This is a conflict of faith, whether you believe it or not. And I pointed out that that, that Obama uh, recently said that uh, uh, Muslims, 99% of the Muslims in the world don't support the Islamic Jihad. And I said to myself, you know, how in the world could he know that, given all the Muslims that there are in this world? And, and you know, he can't know. He can't possibly know how many of them support or not uh, the, the Islamic Jihad. And, and the mere fact that he would say that is, is an attempt to disguise the fact that uh, uh, he, he wants to fight a religious war without calling it one. I, I mean, that, you know, that's basically what there is to it. So, you know, you know the paper is really very, very pessimistic about what, what's going on in the world and what the prospects are for human beings. Uh, unless human beings get rid of this notion of faith, belief, religion, uh, that kind of thing, and start questioning the, the, the myths that they have been taught, uh, that their cultures teach in schools and, and anywhere else, uh, the human race is doomed. And, uh, you know, the, the way things are going, uh, from my point of view, uh, it just, you know, it can't happen too soon. Uh, I mean, you know, I, 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 that 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 little deer that that eats of shrubbery behind my house, you know, uh, is going is, is is if we don't kill him beforehand, it's going to breathe a sigh of relief when human beings are gone. Well, I agree with you, John. It's a, it's a, it, it really is a, a desperate situation, and I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime, uh, whether it's, it's watching U.S. policy compared to the rhetoric that comes out of the mouths of politicians. You know, it's like uh, it, it, it's looking at nighttime and thinking the sun is shining or vice versa. You know, in the daytime, maybe thinking uh, it, it was shrouded in darkness. That's a terrible situation. We're destroying ourselves. I think, very honestly, we're heading for possible nuclear war. It's never happened before. I never felt, I've said this in articles, I've said this to other people, I've said it on air. All through the Cold War, when I was much younger and didn't really understand things the way I understand them now, I never was scared. You know, I, you know, you're always concerned something can go wrong, but I never really was scared. I never, I, I never woke up in the morning wondering, am I going to be around when the sun goes down tonight? And now, in in my senior years, I, I see what's going on, and, and and I think I understand them fairly well. And I'm scared, and and it bothers me that everybody isn't scared because the policies that America is pursuing 
It is literally on a track toward going to war with Russia. And if two nations, the most heavily nuclear-armed countries in the world, with maybe 95% of all the nuclear weapons, well, I'll just quote uh, Admiral Hyman Rickover, the, the father of America's nuclear navy, and he was absolutely right in testifying before Congress over 30 years ago, saying when nations go to war with each other, they go to war to win, and they'll use any weapons they have to win if they have to. If they don't need nuclear weapons, they won't use them. But if Russia and America go to war with each other, they're not going to win with tanks and artillery. They're going to win some other way, and that means a nuclear confrontation. And if we have that, well, that's it. What can you say about that? It's yeah. never happened before. Uh, if it happens, it'll never happen again, John, because there won't be a next time. Yeah, and and and, and you know, uh, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what, if anything, will survive that. But uh, whatever it is, um, uh, we'll breathe a sigh of relief that man is gone. Um, you know, it, 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 we're thinking about uh, the scientists who are astrophysicists who are interested in finding life in in the universe, and I say, why? If we find it, what are we going to do with it? Kill it? I mean that's all we do. Uh, I mean that's um, all we know. That's exactly yeah. right. We have we have this stupid thing, or or you know uh, I point out that that the, the the Chilean miracle could not have ended up any different than it has uh, because of the contradictions in capitalism. Uh, we have you you know in capitalism the, the doctrine of puffery, which you know allows the vendors. To to, to 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 exaggerate any sort of any sort of falsehood they like in order to try to sell a product, and 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 when they you know sell up sell someone a, a product by puffery, that's exactly the same thing as picking a per- person's pocket. It's a theft, and and I said yeah, you know uh, uh, show me the argument. Uh, if there are any econom- economists listening to this. Or, or hear about it, you know, show me the argument that supports the conclusion that a society can be, uh, can, can, can reach a, a level of, uh, of, of welfare, of, you know, general welfare, by, by telling its citizens to steal from one another. I mean, how is that possible? How are you going to get rich stealing from one another? And, John, let me throw down another, another gauntlet. I'll throw a challenge to listeners to this program. Find one day, one single day, when America was at peace in the new millennium. Well, it's really a lot worse than that, but I'll just stay with the new millennium. Find one day that America was at peace, but you can try, but you won't, because every single day from before George Bush took office in January 2001, there hasn't been a single day of peace. Nor was there one under Bill Clinton, nor under Bush Sr., nor under Ronald Reagan, and you could go back and back and back and back. Not a single day of peace. Every single day, a day of war, America at war, at home or abroad or both. And of course, right now, is this program is ongoing. America is at war in multiple theaters, including at home.
Yeah, it, it goes back to that. You know, last time I, we, we were talking, we were we were I had a program and, and we're talking. We were talking about uh, uh, the Civil War and, and the, the emancipation of the slaves, and I pointed out that one of the things that we did was we emancipated able-bodied slaves to go into the uh, military, became pony soldiers, and sent them to the Midwest to, to, to kill Indians. Hmm. I mean, you know, you free a guy to make a killer out of him. <laughs> That's exactly right. That that that's exactly what what happened, and 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 uh, you, you know the the absurdity, the 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 clarity of the absurdities uh, is almost is almost uh, too, too obvious to mention. I mentioned that in the paper. I mentioned that um, four years ago in this state. Uh, uh, a businessman who owned a large number, who owns a large number of uh, fast food franchises, ran for governor, and uh, he, uh, one of the, his plat- platform plank, main platform plank was that that the state lacked a num- uh, lacked a sufficient number of high-paying jobs, and that he 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 if he became governor would address that situation, and I pointed out, I said to uh, to somebody supporting him that. If, if if you know he doesn't realize that uh, he doesn't have to be governor to address that situation, all he has to do is give his employees substantial raises. Exactly. Yeah, but of course he didn't do that. No. He didn't get elected either. <laughs> but I don't know. but but that but that that's that's the absurdity of it all. I mean, it, you know, uh, in this country, uh, in uh, I well employ poor people are expected to pay for the benefits they receive from the government. You know what do you do for social security? You pay you pay into social security uh, theoretically for something like fifty years to to collect a, you know, you know a, a minimum uh, a stipend. Who 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 contributed the money? You did. Who did you contribute it to? The government. You know, the, the 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 private sector doesn't play any role in this. You know, and 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 they've got all the money. They're the ones who could pay for it and not even notice losing it. But but no, not in this society. The poor have to pay for their own, uh, you know, uh, benefits. Uh, there was a, a a funeral home called me up. A couple of uh, months ago, wanting to sell me uh, funeral insurance or whatever it is called—I don't know—and I said, "Oh dear, now you want me to pay to die?" You know, I mean that—that's that's all it is. It—it—it every, every vendor in this country milks the poor or the working man, the common man. And doesn't contribute a single nickel of his own to the welfare of this society, and it it can't continue. I mean, you know, they think it can. It's continued for two hundred years or more, but it can't continue. Uh, I don't know. You know, when it comes time to pay the Chinese for what we borrowed to fight the wars against Islam, 
I don't know who's going to come up with the money. It sure ain't going to be America's common man because he ain't going to have it. Well, the system we're living under now, John, is really uh, an untenable one, to say the least. You know, you strip ordinary people of their ability to to, to, uh, literally be able to survive, you know, uh, force-fed austerity. You know, you sock them down to earning poverty wages. Uh, They can get by for a while by running up debt on on, uh, uh, various credit cards. But you reach a point where you hit a wall and you simply can't take on any more debt because nobody will loan you anymore so you've got that situation and you and your income isn't isn't enough to let you maintain the consumption that you want so you have an economy that's going to start tipping over and going in the other direction you've got a horrible situation for all his faults henry ford knew that the only way he could get people to buy his cars was to pay them a living wage yeah 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 you're, what you're talking about of course is just is, is greece today Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, the Greece, the people of Greece have come to the end of their line. You, 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 and, 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 and what, what, what bothers me is that uh, the economists who uh, uh, are in control of the European Union don't realize that their austerity was exactly what uh, Friedman and Pinochet introduced into Chile, and it's going to end up the same way. And, and and you know and and what what bothers me is that these people are supposed to have been educated. I mean, what they were, uh, 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 what happened to them, was that the, the society inculcated. Uh, mythology into their minds, and they're 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 propounding this mythology today to the detriment of people. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? People don't matter, John. Uh, the only, oh, I know people. Only thing that matter. matters is power and and, and profits. And uh, and uh, I mean, look at the aftermath of the uh, of the 2008 uh, economic debacle. Uh, the banks are hugely larger than they were back then. So you got uh, what uh, seven years uh, since uh, that, that that debacle began, uh, the end of 2007, beginning of 2008. The banks are hugely larger. Uh, uh, I, 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 I think of my own banking experience, John, which goes back when, when I came to Chicago with my family, uh, the bank uh, that, that I bank with was called the Upper Avenue National Bank, small neighborhood bank. Uh, you walked in, you, you knew the people there. I knew the bank manager. Uh, I came, uh, once or twice, uh, I wrote a check where a deposit hadn't made it through the system, and I got a phone call from the bank manager saying, uh, you may have overdrawn your account. And I explained, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I deposited a check, and when I mentioned the amount, uh, I was told, well, I hadn't cleared yet. But uh, he said, well, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, the check won't. You, the check you wrote won't bounce. Everything is fine. Well, it went from the Upper National, <laughs> Upper Avenue National Bank, this small neighborhood bank, uh, to uh, to uh, J.P. Morgan Chase today. 
and that, that's what happened to my my my, my neighborhood bank, and and and, uh, and uh, I look at that bank now and I say, uh, for, for, from a neighborhood bank that that had some interest in the people who uh, put their money uh, uh, in it, you go to this behemoth that the only thing it wants to do is to steal people blind, steal their resources, steal their, their futures, steal their income. It's the only thing they're interested in, and the worst part of it is the government lets them do it. Well, you know, yeah, not only does the government let them do it, the government uh, bets they're doing it. Yes. Uh, you, you, you know, I, w- I, list- I was listening to Obama with his uh, new uh, uh, budget that he pre- sent to Congress, and I said to myself, this guy's kidding the world. He doesn't support these changes that he's talking about. He doesn't support this budget. He would, if he supported this budget, he would have supported it, well, six years ago, when when he had some chance of of, of passing parts of it at least. He's got no chance at all of passing it now, and now he's coming out in support of these uh, uh, this this kind of budget, taxing the rich, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, uh, the, you know, and I said to myself. He's lying to the people. He wants them. He he just wants them to believe that he's a nice guy, a good guy. But 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 if he had been a nice guy, a good guy, he would have been fighting this for six years. Uh, you know, it's no it's it's no accident that uh, he bailed out the bankers without making them declare bankruptcy. But when he went to the auto industry, he made them declare bankruptcy so that they could cancel their contracts with their employees. Oh, I wrote about all of that, John. Oh, it's been been a good while. But, but, you know, and now he comes out as as the great defender of the middle class man or the common man. Baloney. John, it's baloney, and back in 2010, I believe it was, and I wrote about this, uh, he did basically the same thing. He was going to come down on the side of the middle class, and at the end of the year, I think at the end of 2010, he caved to Republicans, left all the Bush tax cuts in place, did none of the things he promised he would do, and of course it's the same thing all over again now. He's promising people, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do something else, knowing, knowing there isn't one chance in a million He's going to get any of this through Congress, and even people in his own party oppose him. So the rhetoric goes one way, the policy goes another way. The bankers and the other big corporate interests keep getting everything they want, business as usual, ugly business as usual. Nothing's any different. That's why I call Obama a serial liar, which is exactly what it is. And I've got to throw this in as well, John, with the debate going on right now about uh, Obama is giving thought is giving thought, is giving consideration to arming Ukraine. Well, I wrote about it several times before, and I wrote about it again this morning, that America has been arming Ukraine with heavy weapons since conflict began last April, and maybe even before 
since the conflict began in April. And for Obama to say, we're considering doing this, one of his many big lies, the planes, the NATO planes, the Ukrainian planes. I mentioned a Ukrainian plane, a big cargo plane that carries 170 tons of, 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 of payload, uh, stops in various western cities, including Washington, including Boston, Philadelphia, I think other U.S. cities, European ones, uh, Ben-Gurion Airport in Israel, picking up weapons, bringing them back to Ukraine, uh, uh, supporting uh, Kiev's military. And with all of this help that, uh, that uh, Kiev is getting from America that Obama doesn't admit is being given, Ukraine's military is being battered is being battered, and it really doesn't matter how many weapons we ship over to them, it's going to continue being battered. Why? Because it's, it's poorly led, and, and the conscripts in the, in the military don't want to be there. They want to be home. So they're either not showing up for conscription, or they're deserting, or they're going over to the rebel side, or they're crossing the border into Russia. It's a lovely way to wage a war, John. It's a war that you're waging to lose, not to win. It's a, it's a war that America has been supporting with weapons all along, and yet Obama goes through the charade of claiming, well, we're still giving a consideration. We're giving diplomacy a last chance. Diplomacy? What kind of diplomacy is he talking about? We're talking about murdering uh, uh, civilians mainly, murdering combatants as well. And, and there was a report just came out in the last day or so from uh, from uh, uh, German intelligence. It's it's in my article I got out earlier this morning that the death count in Ukraine is not the 5,000 plus the UN claims it is. It's 50,000. It's 50,000, the great majority being civilians. These are the people that are being killed, non-combatant men, women, and children. And again, we go through the charade of something other than what reality really is. And this was in a German newspaper. I need to have the name in front of me to pronounce it. But this was right in a newspaper saying 50,000 people in Ukraine have been killed since last April. So that's only about 10 months ago. I mean, this thing could go on for another year or two or five or ten. What are we talking about? A million Ukrainians killed? Could be, John, before this is over. Well, sure. Uh, but, but you know, uh, it, oh, if it's, not, if it's not a million in the Ukraine, it's going to be a million somewhere else. I mean, we we don't. We, it doesn't matter to us where it is that we kill people. It doesn't matter a bit. Well, it is somewhere else if it is in Ukraine. And of course, it's been in Iraq, yeah, in Afghanistan, yeah, yeah. in Libya, in Syria. The supposed death count in Syria is uh, I've lost count to uh, 300,000 people. It could be a million, John, because a third of the population has been displaced. These are people, I don't know how they get by. They're going to places where they don't have enough food, they don't have shelter, they don't have clean water. I mean, there are people dying from disease, from deprivation, from starvation. Well, uh, who keeps count of these things? 
It could be a million Syrians that have died in the last three years or so. And this is Obama's war. We never point fingers the right way. So we've got Obama's war in Syria. We've got Obama's war in Ukraine. We've got Obama's war again in Iraq. I call it Iraq War Three. We've got all this stuff going on, and none of it gets reported accurately in the media when there are any reports at all. But millions of people are suffering horrendously. How much more of this show? I don't think I'll see a day for the rest of my life, John, where I could say, aha, America had a day of peace in my lifetime. I'm not young anymore, but I don't think for the rest of my life I will see one day when I will be able to say America was at peace today. Yeah, you're probably right. I, 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 I was playing around with words yesterday, and, you know, there's the old uh, uh, saw that uh, live by the sword, die by the sword. I uh, kind of changed that. Live by selling a sword, die by the sword you sold. And that may very well be what happens to America. Oh, indeed. Indeed. I mean, we are really heading down a very dangerous trail. Whoever, whoever called the human species a higher species, John, who coined that phrase? I'd like to I find that person. I don't know, but I, I, I have one college memory that, I, that I've had, uh, you know, uh, ever since I was a freshman. I was taking an art course, art appreciation course, I guess it was, or art history or something. And the professor started talking about, was talking about some kind of uh, religious art. And he said that, uh, he said something that included the word, uh, the phrase, higher religions. And he was uh, used that to refer to Christianity, Judaism, and uh, Islam. And when the, when the class was over and I said, uh, I, I, I cornered him and I said, uh, what makes you call those higher religions? You know, and he was stunned. He had, he had never questioned that phrase. And, and, and that has stuck with me for a long time. John, the only thing you could say about higher is maybe more in number, not Judaism, but Christianity and Islam, uh, the great numbers of people who uh, adhere to those faiths. Uh, Judaism, a rather small religion, uh, usually uh, often referred to as Judeo-Christian well, Judaism is certainly different from Christianity, uh, the belief in Christ or the non-belief in Christ, but we refer to Judeo-Christianity, I guess. Maybe, I don't know who came up with that phrase, but, uh, but uh, indeed, maybe the numbers, there certainly is nothing higher about these religions in, in, in terms of uh, the, 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 the warrior-like ways that they follow, especially, especially Judaism and Christianity, and unfortunately, Muslims. Uh, seem to be in, in the in, in in the line of fire of these people, uh, uh, destroying them uh, one country at one, one country at a time, John. But Muslims uh, are the enemy of choice, 
uh, many of them in oil-rich countries, uh, unfortunately for them, uh, uh, lots of Muslims in the world that aren't in in oil-rich countries, and and they don't get targeted the way the others are, but certainly the ones in the Middle East, in in these big oil-rich states, they're the ones that are targeted. Uh, Unless you happen to be a good uh, U.S. ally, like Saudi Arabia, and play ball uh, against the other Muslim states that America wants to get rid of, that wants to get rid of the leadership to their own people in power. But indeed, I mean, there's nothing higher about the human species in terms of uh, per, uh, pursuing activities to preserve the species, John. I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a species of any kind that went out of its way to destroy itself, and human beings may turn out to be the only species or the first species ever to destroy itself, and that certainly is the direction it's going in right now, John. Yeah, uh, my, my piece about the Virginia white-tailed deer, uh, I'm, I'm sure it uh, implies quite clearly that the Virginia white-tailed deer never killed anybody. I remember that. I, yeah. I, and we talked about it on air. Yeah, I mean, it's a species that doesn't kill. It eats leaves and shrubbery and grass. And, you know, it, they, 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 don't, they, they don't even kill, kill to, to, to protect themselves. I mean, they're, they're, it's not a killing species. Uh, but what, what, it, it better look out, though, because we are. Well, even the wild species, uh, the the the, uh, the carnivorous yeah, animals, yeah, lions, they tigers, they don't. they don't go around looking for looking for things to kill. They they look for food. Uh, they look they look for mates. Uh, they look for territory. They look for things like that. But they don't go out of their way to kill other animals. Uh, again, to eat, they've got to eat. They, <laughs> You know, they can't you go know, to the local you know, supermarket you know, and get what they want. You know, you know that that there 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 are people around talking about uh, you know the, the, uh, a Christian reaction to Muslims. Uh, uh, you know, it involves killing them and all, you know sort of stuff like that. And I remember a a a a, a, a Bible passage. I can't can't identify it anymore, but. There's a, 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 a passage where the uh, Israeli are, you know, surrounded by or at least come in, come in contact with a, a, a group of people that looks like it's gonna gonna bring about war and uh, uh, they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant and uh, an Israeli who's carrying the Ark stumbles and bumps the Ark and immediately dies. Uh, and then at the end of the story, uh, the, 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 the Yahweh tells the Israelis to invade the, 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 the people and kill, all, uh, kill them all, men, women, and children. I remember that specifically because I said, uh, doesn't that bother anybody? Uh, didn't anybody say to God, uh, why don't you do your own killing? Uh, but apparently not. And, and you know, and, I, and, and that bothers me because... Uh, in 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 in, in uh, uh, earlier parts of the Bible, uh, you, you know, Passover is spoken about where uh, the Jews are need 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 to need to to, to uh, bring some retribution on the Egyptians, and it's God who does it, not the the, the Israelis. The Israelis are told of what. 
put bl- blood on their lintels so that uh, the, the, the forces of God going through uh, Egypt will, 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 will miss their houses. Uh, but, you know, he, it's God who does the killing, not the, not the Jews. And, and, you know, why, why in, in other parts of the Bible do they, do they have God telling Jews to do the killing and not say, well, you know, why don't you do your own killing? And that's always bothered me, you know, that these kinds of incongruities bother me, have bothered me all my life. That's not new, I guess. Oh, indeed. And, you know, in talking about the Bible, John, um, one of uh, Michael Parenti's more recent, I just brought up a passage, one of Michael Parenti's more recent books, uh, uh, not not recently, but one uh, he wrote in the last five years or so. He wrote about the Bible, and he gave it a good working over, John. And uh, I think this is the right paragraph, because I quoted it in an article I wrote a few years ago. And he says, quote, The God of the Holy Bible, so much adored in the United States and elsewhere, is ferociously vindictive, neurotically jealous, intolerant, vainglorious, punitive, wrathful, sexist, racist, xenophobic, homophobic, sadistic, and homicidal. As they say, it's all in the Bible. Beware of those who act in the name of such a God. Uh, Were we to encounter these vicious traits in an ordinary man, we would judge him to be in need of lifelong incarceration at a maximum security facility. At the very least, we would not prattle on about how he works his wonders in mysterious ways. Ah, only Michael Perini. Yeah, well, you know, we have, I was, you know, there, there, there are other, other, um, other, other things that that occur to me about that, you know. According to the, the the Bible, all of creation is God's. I mean, God God gets credit for having created it all. Well, what would it be like if a family had had children and kept creating children, who, in order to survive, had to kill and eat each other? Hmm. You know, but then that's the kind of world he, you know, he's given credit for having created. I mean, how, what kind, what kind of sense do you make of that? I don't know. I don't make any sense out of it. I've got a, I've got a brother-in-law who's a preacher, and I keep asking him, uh, you know, why, why uh, he's an Old Testament Christian. I mean, there's no, no Christianity in his preaching. It's all, it's all Old Testament stuff. Anyhow, that's that 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 gets me back to the paper that I wrote, and we're supposed to be supposedly talking about. Let me just throw in one quick comment, John. Then then you pick it up, right? We don't, don't lose your thought. But uh, but but there was a wonderful there was a wonderful song from 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 the Rogers and Hammerstein uh, musical, uh, South Pacific, and uh, I don't know the name of the song, but. 
maybe this was the title. I'm not certain. But 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 the but the theme of the song was you have to be taught to hate. So in other words, we come into this world very innocent. We don't know anything about waging wars or hurting other people or stealing or plundering or any of that. You have to be taught these things, John. And when we're taught these things, then we go about doing them. But if instead of being taught these things, we were taught what the Bible supposedly teaches in some respects, you know, love thy neighbor and so on and so forth, do unto others. If we were taught those things and only had those ideas drummed into our heads, well, maybe we wouldn't have the kind of world we're living in now. Maybe we'd have peace instead of war, but we don't have that kind of world. We're taught to hate, we're taught to wage wars, and we've got exactly what we're taught to do. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, the the point I was making is that uh, the the myths we're taught are the myths we live by. Uh, yes. We don't care about uh, you know whether or not the myths are true. Uh, the myths we taught are the myths we live by, and we're taught, well, as uh, bombs bursting in air, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, that's what we're taught, and that's what we live by. When we sing the national anthem about bombs bursting in the air, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you know, we're, we're just uh, describing uh, what's going on in Iraq, yeah, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Syria, Israel, Palestine, <laughs> Libya, <laughs> Ukraine. It never ends. Oh, indeed, John. And uh, anybody who uh, watches any old movies, I'm not much of a movie fan, but uh, but uh, but a lot of old movies show up, especially about World War II and the Korean War. I guess some on the Viet, some on the Vietnam War for sure. And it's always we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. And uh, I mean, these the World War II films were the ones that I saw as a boy growing up, and I didn't know any better. I didn't realize that these were propaganda films to to, to present the American way and every. Everything America does is right. You know, John Wayne and the rest of them uh, 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 waving the American flag, not realizing that there are no good guys. They're all bad guys. And if anybody reads an honest history of just World War II, they would learn that everybody was a bad guy and there really were no good guys. So whichever side won, one one bad guy won and one bad guy won and one bad side lost. And that's exactly the way it was. Yeah, you know, the other day I had a thought. I mean, I've, I've, I've read over the years a number of different places that uh, Roosevelt, before the Second World War, engineered uh, uh, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, but it, it occurred to me that, uh, you know, I mean, why he did that. Did he do it? Did he do it knowing that... World War Two uh, would destroy the European empires uh, around the world. They would all fall apart, and they would uh, the world would be ripe for America's plucking. Well, I think World War One was America's coming out party, John, where America got in when the war was a half or more over. And uh, in uh, 1917, America got in. War began in 1914. So about a year and a half or so, America was in the war after Woodrow Wilson uh, promised 
promise, his, his, his campaign, his campaign promise, he would keep America out of the war, and then he proceeded to scare the bejesus out of the American public to convince them uh, to become German haters, which they did. This was the beginning of uh, the great, uh, prop, the, the great uh, PR uh, uh, wars uh, uh, that, that, that led to, to, to the great uh, uh, commercial uh, uh, PR campaigns, selling products instead of wars. And then World War II, I think absolutely, John, the idea being that America didn't just want to be coming out. America wanted to dominate the world, so you destroy the European empires. They were broke. Uh, Britain, uh, France, of course, was occupied through the war, and uh, and Britain was bankrupt at the end of the war. And America was the only country left standing, uh, major country. Uh, certain no bombs fell in America, so America was king of the world. Uh, I think uh, I forget the percentages, but uh, but uh, but it just dominated world commerce and everything else in the post-war era. And uh, I think that's exactly what Roosevelt had in mind. He wanted to get into the war. He tracked. We checked tracked the Japanese fleet across the Pacific, did not warn the c- Commander Kimmel at Pearl Harbor because uh, America needed a catastrophic event. The first Pearl Harbor in 9-11 was the second Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, 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 it's interesting that that day, which was to live forever in infamy, uh, has, has been pretty much forgotten. Oh, indeed, John. It's a day that I don't remember. I was only oh, six or seven years old at the time, no television, and I, I don't remember the day Jap- Japan attacked Pearl Harbor or Roosevelt going before I was Congress. In, I was in the movies watching Gene Autry. On Sunday? Uh-huh. Sunday, uh, December 7th. I was in the movie watching Gene Autry. Well, I certainly remember Gene Autry, and I saw enough of him and Roy Rogers and uh, and all the other cowboys of that era. Uh, oh, I can't think of all the names. But I, I have no recollection of what I was doing on that Sunday morning, which was, I guess, around, around sunup Hawaii time, which would have been on the East Coast maybe seven hours later, something like that. So let's call it around maybe, maybe it was around 8 a.m., so it would have been early afternoon on the East Coast. But I don't have any idea in the world what I was doing. I have no recollection at all. Yeah, well, I do. That's my recollection. Uh, anyhow, it, it, you know, it, 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 it occurred to me that, 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 you know, I wonder if the Europe, European, I wondered if the Europe, European powers ever, ever have thought, you know, that America engineered that Pacific War, so that it could destroy the European, uh, Asian empires at least, and, uh, you know, uh, move into the vacuum. Well, another part of the war was that the bankers, the Wall Street and, and, and the London bankers, put Hitler into power. Uh, they thought that he was their guy. You know, fascism, good for business, yeah, and so on. Yeah, well, you know, you know what? They're, they're still fascist today. I mean, oh, absolutely fascist today. <laughs> headquartered in Washington. Uh, at the end of World War II, fascism was transferred from its Berlin headquarters to its Washington and New York headquarters. Uh, Washington, of course, political, New York business. It's exactly 
exactly what happened, and, and the race was on to get the valued uh, Nazis uh, to either uh, for America to get them, otherwise they will go over to the Soviet side, especially the scientists, the Werner von Braun's of the, this world, or the generals like General Galen, uh, to get them on the American side. I don't know who the Russians got. I guess they got this year of of, of the of the uh, uh, people talent uh, from 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 Nazi Germany, but the, but the rush was on to get their hands on these people uh, to begin what became the Cold War and uh, what maybe uh, heading into a hot war. But this is the evil stuff that lurks. So, you know, um, Nazis had the Schwarzstecker and we have the American flag. And unfortunately, the ideology of both countries is pretty much the same. Oh, sure it is. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 the um, American commercial interests I knew it even before the Second World War. I mean, the, the country was full of fascists uh, in the business community, and probably, you know, probably still is, except they, they're more quiet about it. Well, it really is true, John. I've, I, I read most of George Selda's books, uh, this wonderful journalist who goes back, uh, I guess, to the 1920s or so, and he lived to over 100 years of age, a marvelous man. In the 1930s, before World War II began, he, he wrote about uh, the emergent scourge of fascism in America and, uh, and, uh, and about Mussolini before he came to power, after he came to power, before the war, but, but this kind of stuff that went on. John, I think I hear the music. Yep. Yeah, that means singing. a lot of time. We'll pick this up next time, John. I hope we'll be around. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would say that. That's the big, that's the big unknown. Will we be here? <laughs> Take care, Steve. <laughs>